This is Bobby Guy with the 10 Minute Health BizCast. This is album seven, track 11. With us today is Ted Robertson, who's a managing director at Ideas 42. Ted works on strategy and application of behavioral science to healthcare and government. What does that actually mean? Well, a couple examples may help. He sits on the executive committee at the Boston Brigham Women's Hospital, focused on machine learning and behavioral change. And what they do is they design ways to help people adhere to their medication regimens. He also works on the Coalition for Health AI to create industry standards balancing between innovation and the do no harm standard. He holds a Master of Public Administration degree from the Harvard Kennedy School, focused on digital innovation, organizational change, and behavioral economics. And he's talking to us today about the potential for AI in healthcare. Ted, thanks for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Bobby. It's good to talk with you again. So where do you see AI taking us in healthcare? So, Bobby, obviously, there's a lot of hype and buzz around AI, and I think people should be aware of not overreaching with it. But I do think that there is a real there there and what it could deliver in, in terms of better discovery of uh, drug treatments or clinical predictions. So let me tell you a story about where we are now. Imagine your father has a good friend, Mike. Now, Mike is, isn't an ordinary friend. He's got an exceptional memory and a keen eye for detail. Every time your dad tells him about any changes in his health, Mike remembers everything, even the smallest details. Over time, Mike starts noticing patterns, like whenever your dad has a certain kind of cough or when he complains about a specific type of ache, he ends up with a cold or a flu. Mike then tells your father in advance, you might be getting a cold. Take care, even before your, your dad realizes it. Now, the Mike in that story is like the AI at the moment. It's how what doctors are already using. It looks at all your father's medical records and can spot patterns or risk that might be hard for a human to catch. It could see biomarkers. It could see read radiate uh, radiology reports better. Um, it, it if your father has diabetes, the AI can keep track of his blood sugar levels, his diet, exercise, and can alert the doctor if it predicts there's a risk of some sort of severe diabetic episode. Similarly, if your father ever needs an X-ray or an MRI, the AI can help the doctor in finding any issues, like I was saying. It's like having a magnifying glass that can spot things that might be missed by the human eye. That's where we are now. That's good. But now imagine the mic in the future, a few years out and coming quickly. This mic not only tells you your, uh, not only tells your father about the coming cold, but also advises him on how to avoid it based on what worked for him best in the past. And if your father does get a cold, Mike knows exactly which medicine will help him recover quickly based on his past experiences. AI can do this for doctors. For example, if your dad's blood sugar levels become erratic, AI could suggest a personalized diet plan, exercise routine, and medication schedule that would work best for his body type, lifestyle, and genetic makeup. Uh, AI could help with more serious diseases. If your father, for instance, were to have a heart condition, future AI could help doctors in planning surgeries with precise detail and maybe even assist along the way in operation, leading to safer and more successful outcomes. Finally, if your dad ever gets lonely or stressed, future AI might be able to offer some comfort. AI devices 
if we do it right, could be programmed to carry on a friendly conversation in a trusted way, remind him of his medication, alert you or his doctor if it detects any problems with him feeling excessively sad or anxious, and making sure he gets timely help. So those are, I think, little vignettes around where we are now and where it could go, and, and both are, are pretty good, I would say. That's fascinating as a way to look at it. What are the dangers that you see? Well, there are three things that really keep me up at night around AI in terms of healthcare. First is there's a potential of moving too fast on some things. It is important that we think through and identify risk and figure out a way to manage it. There's a time when humans can make a decision. It's low risk. It's totally acceptable. It's been tested. Let the computers make the decision. It's good to go. There are times that it should be all in the human realm. The human should make the decision completely or mostly. And then there are a lot of times in between that we have to figure out about what's the right weighting of the human and the computer together. But we have to think about those carefully such that we don't go too fast and actually create harm. Harm at the population health level, harm at the sludge level of, of bad service, harm in a very real way of potential suffering and, and death if, if really done badly. So I think we need to be careful about that. I think we need to be careful about bias in machine learning algorithms. Look, there's bias in everything out in the world. So algorithms are just picking up and amplifying and repeating that unless we train it differently. And what I think people need to know is that instead of people often have this mental model of machine learning as like the machine in charge, they see a robot running everything. <laughs> I have it right now. You know, yeah, it's Hal in 2001, the Space Odyssey out to kill you, or it's Watson <laughs> who's going to be your best friend and tell you the weather, right? I mean, either way, it's the machines in charge. And the reality is much more, and this is important, I think, at a broad policy level, at an operations level, and at a very specific design level, that actually it's humans who design and manage those. And that's both empowering, right? It, it means actually we get a lot of agency, but it also means we actually have to think about and manage those. And if we don't, we will move too soon or we will have more bias than we should. You know, we, we won't be actively making the world better. The last area that I'd name is just user experience, that if we aren't careful, people won't trust it. And instead of all of those great things I started to name about the possibilities, we won't integrate it in people's lives well enough and we'll, we'll miss out on some of the benefits. And so thinking about how we are effective in that integration in people's lives, in doctors' and nurses' workflows, and that they, it's, that they, um, it's not just efficient but trustworthy is a big deal. You're a behavioral economist, so I want to know, what are we going to have to do to make the most out of AI and healthcare, and how do we avoid missing the opportunities it gives us? Wow, so much to do with behavioral economics and, and how you can apply AI. I mean, I think the way we as behavioral economists and designers think is three large buckets of how AI can be helpful. One is it's just a better tool to understand a problem. I can get a better sense of Bobby or the Bobbies of the world, what's potentially wrong or actually wrong with you or that segment, and bring more tools to bear at a faster and more accurate manner than just humans alone. 
Again, it's often humans and computers together that make the best decision and understand a problem better and therefore create a better solution. The second thing we can do is personalize things better. Behavioral economics fundamentally is around the science of how humans form intentions and then follow through on those intentions. And there's now a lot of evidence about how people tend to act in certain contexts. Using those insights can help make AI more effective. And as I was saying a moment ago, one of the fundamental things is more trustworthy. And 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 I'm going to take a minute on the trustworthy because it's not around just, look, everyone, trust is like love. It means 500 different things to 500 different people. First of all, behavioral economics can break that down more and start to understand what trust means in different contexts. But it's also, you can't text your way to trust. You can't LLM, to use that expression, large language model, you know, just some simple output to trust. To think through how you actually engage real people and whether they be doctors or patients or consumers and meet them where they are and serve their needs and then build a relationship, that's a different ballgame. And I think behavioral economics can contribute there. Do you think AI creates a tipping point moment for us to change healthcare, or is it just another point of incremental change? Tipping point. Big bar there. High bar. I definitely don't think it's only incremental. I think it's going to be disruptive. I think even with the hype, it's already, as I was saying, it has real world examples that matter. And the pace at which those are coming online and new applications being discovered or starting to be built is significant. And I think it's going to shift a lot of healthcare in the way we're talking about. Do I think it's going to fundamentally change in sort of a tipping point way? I think we only get there if we do some of these other things, which is put the the human still at the center of that, that development, that management, that system design, those relationships. If we can integrate it like that and get the incentives right, then maybe it can it can be a real tipping point. But I, so I think it's going to be disruptive and whether it's actually a tipping point will depend on some other factors and how we use it. As we close, I'd like your perspective. If you could snap your fingers and change one thing about how we do healthcare in the U.S., what would it be? Oh, I've already told you that. Uh, that would be <laughs> radically, and by that I mean the definition of that word, going to the root, radically putting humans at the center of healthcare. So designing truly around humans wherever their intersection with the healthcare system is. Obviously, patients making things easier, trustworthy effective, personalized, but all the amazing healthcare providers who, by the way, now are overstretched enormously and burning out at record numbers, which is one of the things actually I think AI, I hadn't mentioned that I think AI could also help on in terms of relieving administrative burden, but to really think about our systems and incentives from whatever perspective in the business uh, we are, and build around that, I think, is how we get out of this jam. And I think there are evidence-based solutions that partially from behavioral economics and partially from AI and partially from other fields that are newer that we can combine and start to, to take the step to get there. Ted, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. This has been the 10-Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.